and then uh, blessed people, uh, Senior Bishop Joanne. Any time my network does not get right, it's in case there is a Z and blurry network, make sure you disconnect, then I can call back because of the importance of this message. Well, uh, beloved people, what an awesome opportunity to come to you in your churches, wherever you are. Uh, this uh, very, very important time in the history of the church and also in the life of this aging planet Earth. I just wanted to share with you after your Sunday services, I figured out probably at around this time, most of you may have finished your Sunday services or regular Sunday services, but I may be able to share with you a little bit on uh, what the Lord is saying at this hour and also to use that to prepare you. The Lord has asked me to prepare you, to prepare you for this tremendous visitation that is coming up in Nakuru. And I know that at the time, on the other side of the earth, Australia, South Korea, and the rest, they're about six hours ahead of us. So they really finished their services earlier. And China, we know that uh, Senior Bishop Paula Lewis is there with her team doing tremendous work, and also in collaboration with uh, the Archbishop at the park, the whole area around Malaysia, Singapore, the greater China, there's a big visitation that is coming to Kenya, and I see a big delegation coming from China also, from Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, South Korea, the mainland China, Taiwan, Australia, and all those nations, Fiji, those islands, um, they're about six or so hours ahead of us. So you finished your services earlier, but in Europe and the rest of the continent of Africa, I think we're just in good time for when you just finished your services. And uh, for the other nations in the Western Hemisphere, talking about uh, Brazil, Argentina, El Salvador, Ecuador, Central America, Costa Rica, all the way to Mexico, United States. Maybe this is the time you are in church. Probably for you, this is just absolutely optimal, opportune, and right in time and on time. Well, uh, I, I want to talk about the visitation that is coming to Nakuru. And this was supposed to be a brief that I had preserved for the presiding bishops, the senior presiding bishops when they come this week. They got their meeting in Nairobi to brief them the usual meetings that take place before every single visitation. I normally get to meet the senior most leadership of the church and brief them on the kind of visitation that is coming, that they may go in turn and prepare the sheep and the entire body of Christ under the jurisdictions to prepare for the visitation of Jehovah that is upcoming. So I'm going to handle briefly part of it because I thought it's important that the general body of Christ gets to partake of this and that they too may be in step with what the Lord is doing and saying at this time in the history of the church. Well, Nakuru is coming up now, the grand visitation that heaven has prepared 
and the Lord is having relentless, non-stop conversations with me regarding what is going to happen in Nakuru. And I can see there's going to be major, major dedication, tremendous healing. Cripples are going to get up and walk. Many, many cripples will get up and walk all over. And this is going to be shocking because the healings will start even earlier before the Lord brings his two most tremendous prophets, the principles of the book of Revelation that he has sent walking the earth right now and preparing the way for the glorious coming of the Messiah. But before even they will come into the meeting of Nakuru, things will begin to happen. The Lord will start raising cripples. Some of them even on the way as they are coming, some at the gate. Those that will raise, be raised at the gate. So the medical team will be very vigilant when the buses of cripples and blind and deaf and mute paralytic, spinal cord injuries, broken bones, you know, heart conditions, kidney failures, those who are just lying, you know, horizontal, cannot get up. But when those people come, make sure you record them in good time. That when the Lord does heal them, some of them are at arrival. You will have captured the initial conditions before the healing. But uh, we know that this visitation has a greater significance even within the entire paradigm, within the, the, the prophetic timeline of the glorious coming of the Messiah. And that's why it's very important for me to come to you at this hour and shed some light on some key fundamental aspects the key features of this visitation that is coming up in Nakuru. I know right now all systems go for Nakuru, and I'll share with the entire body of Christ from Nakuru. And that's why those of you coming from all over the other nations, please come with your flag, so that when the Lord is visiting, your nation is represented, of course, as you know, but it will be quite vivid and very clear and well manifested that such nations are in assembly, the sacred assembly of the Lord. But in his vision, by the hidden counsel of the upper chambers of wisdom of the Lord in heaven, by his concealed counsel, but he has now decided to visit the tremendous meeting, to visit his servants from Nakuru within your presence, and in the process visit the body of Christ. He has spoken of these wonderful healings, historic healings that will take place in Nakuru. And then he has spoken about the visitation of the glory of God. I have seen the glory of God. I have seen the cloud of God overshadow the altar, and the other side is light. I see light, I see light within periphery, but within around the altar, you can see the shadow. It comes and overshadows the altar, so you can see sunshine on the other side by the edges of the altar like this, but he comes to the altar and then he overshadows the altar. And then in the second conversation again, he lifted me up into heaven, and then my shoulder touched the shoulder of God the Father, and then he showed me how he would depart from heaven Heaven does split open, and then he from heaven and comes. And I see arrows down 
like a pinpoint. A pinpoint, a huge plant, tremendous, probably bigger than the earth, coming from heaven. But when it comes now to Nakuru, approaching, he narrowed down like a pin, as sharp as a pin, and then pinpoints and touches on his servant the way he did at the Central Park in Nairobi. And so, in other words, he's coming to visit his servant, the dreadful prophet of this hour, the one that he's promised in the book of Malachi, and with the other ones that are both on this major mission of God. So he comes to visit them at the altar in Nakuru. Now, I just want to talk about the glory of the Lord and the importance and significance of the Lord visiting the church at this hour. That's the message I want to share in the churches, wherever you are. And in as much as you can, please record and also write as much as you can. And I know that uh, Senior Bishop Joanne and her team are also recording, so you can access those messages later. But why does the Lord God Almighty, God the Father, the most strict God of judgments, we all know from the Bible what he did, to be able to humble Egypt, to be able to judge Egypt, the one that we all know how his judgment against sin is unrelenting to the extent that he brought the judgment of God upon Christ Jesus on the cross to set you free. The most dreadful and the most terrible God of Israel, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of the Hunting, that nobody can fight. Why does he decide to visit you? Remember in Kisumo, the same cloud of God that led the Israelites all the way through the wilderness into the promised land. The Lord. That, cloud, that cloud became rain at Kapkatet. We all know about visitation of Kapkatet. So we have the mega visitation of the cloud of God in Kisumo. But before then, the first visitation is what takes place in Kapkatet. And then after that, the, that, that Kapkatet visitation of the cloud of Jehovah Yahweh is captured on video. And then he rains. He rains over their head and the cripple stands up and walks and everything goes wild. And then after that, there is a visitation of the cloud of God in Kericho. Again, the prophecy given earlier, and then when he comes to the meeting, then he gives a prophecy, the mightiest prophets of the Lord, they give the prophecy 
that the cloud of God is going to come here. Heaven is going to split apart, to split asunder, to open, to roll away, and the cloud of God, God the Father himself, is going to visit here. And then you see that visitation take place in Kericho, at the Kericho TTC, if I remember well, and also another Kesha that took place in Kericho, beloved people. But what is the significance, what is the message of the Lord regarding the glory of the Lord God himself coming to visit you? We all know right now that the glory of the cloud of God is actually the physical manifest dreadful presence of God the Father himself. That is the physical manifest presence of God of God himself coming down to his people. And we know the greater narrative in the Bible that in the Old Testament, every time the cloud of God appeared on the Ark of the Covenant, the people were not allowed to access him. Why? Because he's a consuming fire and his judgment against sin stands. His judgment against sin is unrelenting and is eternal. So the only thing about the Lord that is eternal is that, that that is so much vividly eternal in our eyes and changes not is that the Lord God Almighty is holy and holy and holy from time before we don't know when infinity is to here now today a time in the future we don't know how far eternity is that God is holy so then they could not access. We know about Uzzah. When Uzzah, in his sinful nature, approached the Ark of the Covenant and he tried to touch, he was struck dead in the eyes of Israel and the Ark of the Covenant standing right there. <clears throat> we are also very much aware that many times when the sacrifice was being offered on Yom Kippur on the Day of Atonement in Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was totally separated from the people from the nation, from the public. Why? Because the glory descended there. And only the high priest went, never without the blood of an animal. And then he would do it for propitiation. And then appease God, and God would descend in this same cloud we are talking about. But now Christ Jesus has gone to the cross and offered his own blood, and the curtain has ruptured, admitting the church admitting the Christian believer right into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the cloud of God, the presence, the physical manifest presence of God the Father. And this is what I want to talk about. So that narrative of the Old Testament, that narrative of the Bible regarding accessing the glory of God, accessing the physical manifest presence of God the Father, accessing the cloud of God, the dreadful and most fearsome, fearful cloud of God, that narrative we know. But now Christ Jesus has admitted the Christian believer, you that is seated in that church and listening to me, or in your home and listening to me, who believes in Christ Jesus. So what then is the message that the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Yahweh, Jehovah Sabaoth, Jehovah El Shaddai, Jehovah Adonai, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah El Gibor, Eloheinu, Shama, Mekadishke, Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah 
harsh of fate. What is the message that the God of Israel, God the Father, is giving to the church by saying, I am coming to visit you. Or by coming to visit in Kisumu, Kapkatet, and Kericho. And then at Central Park, Nairobi this year. Now, listen, blessed people. Every time the cloud of God comes down, the glory of God comes down, and remember that when you will enter heaven, every time I tell you that the Lord has taken me to heaven, has taken me to heaven, essentially heaven is the habitation of the cloud of God. The entire, the, the completion now of the cloud of God, of the glory of God, he always brings me into the tremendous glory of God that is inside heaven. So you will encounter the glory of God in heaven when you enter heaven. Because there is this entire consummation. Heaven is totally consumed with the glory, the cloud and the glory of Jehovah. And so when you will be in heaven, you are going to be in direct contact with the cloud of God because that is the, the final, the ultimate consummation of the cloud and the glory of God the Father. But what is the message then? When he comes and promises to come, and he comes in Kisumu, he comes in Kapkatet, he comes in Kericho, and he comes at Central Park, Nairobi, and now promising to come to Kericho, to, to Nakuru, so, uh, excuse me, I beg your pardon, to Nakuru. The cloud of God, beloved people, is essentially visiting the church that he may be able to open up more to you. It's all about God the Father, God in heaven, wanting to open up more to you, wanting to reveal himself to you. So even as you prepare for this tremendous, super glorious, grand mega, historic revival healing service that is coming up in Nakuru towards the end of this year, December 29th, December 30th, and of course culminating into the mighty mega conference on December 31st, and then of course the New Year's Eve worship service. When he says he's coming to visit, it is God desiring to reveal himself a little more to his people. We all know that God is concealed. The Lord Jehovah Yahweh is totally concealed in this realm, to this realm, to this time, to this dispensation. Only through his word, the Lord has revealed himself here and there, but the entirety of God is actually revealed. The physical manifestation of God is revealed. And I know that now, when he brought Christ Jesus, then he revealed one aspect of himself. And then now, all those times of the Old Testament, he came in once in a while through the cloud again to reveal himself. A little bit to his people, to draw near to them, to make them know something about him. And that is the same thing he's doing after bringing Christ Jesus. Now, at this time, before the Messiah comes, when he's preparing the special elect, the special group, the righteous, the holy church, 
this time, he has opted now when he brought his two principles of revelation, he has now seen in his hidden and concealed counsel that it is prudent, it is deemed it fit to reveal himself more to this generation. That is the purpose for which he is coming. That is the purpose for which he has promised to come to you, to come to visit his two tremendous prophets, that you people may now see the wonder of God and get to know him a little bit more. So when the cloud of God does come, when the cloud of God does visit in a place, in a meeting like he has promised before and done, including Central Park, and now promised for Nakuru, it is God wanting to reveal some of the characteristics of God to you, the church. Some of the characteristics of God to you, the church, that you may get to know him a little bit more. This message I had left it, I had kept it for the bishops, the senior most leadership of the church, that when I meet them during the luncheon, the tremendous luncheon, that is prepared for Wednesday, that I may reveal to them in part of the brief that I normally give them to define to them the type of visitation of coming. But I thought it would do, it would do a greater good to reveal it to the entire body of Christ. So when the cloud of God comes down and God, Jehovah, decides to come down, in his cloud, God the Father, Jehovah Yahweh, decides to visit in the dreadful cloud of his glory from heaven, all the way down to Nakuru, all the way down to Central Park, all the way down to Kericho, down Kakate, down Kisumu, down Nakuru now again. The other one was Nakuru Menengai, now Nakuru again. His intention is to essentially reveal more about himself to his special elect, to his church, to you, the righteous elect. To reveal the characteristics of God, the characteristics, the attributes of God, to you, the church, the aspects of God, to you, the church, that you may get to know him more. The qualities of you, the church. So when the cloud of God does come down, every time the cloud of God comes down, it is God himself coming to unveil a stream of character that he displays when you see him. A stream of characteristics and characters of God. He displays them to you that you may get to know him more. And as a Christian, that is so fundamental in your Christian walk and in whether you become successful or not to enter the glorious kingdom of that glory, the glorious kingdom of Yahweh, Jehovah Yahweh in heaven. And that's why this becomes a very important preparation for you, the church. That when the cloud of God comes down, the purpose is one and only to come to reveal to you the attributes, 
can be raised in comparison. There is no comparison whatsoever that God is very unique. And when God comes, it is tremendous cloud. And I thought I should prepare you before he comes that you may get to know. And this time, beloved people, whoever sees the clouds coming first, shout and yell that everybody may be able to record since he has allowed this generation to see God. Because you've just seen God in your churches today when you saw God, the Holy Spirit, the Godhead coming as the Holy Spirit and lighting on him that speaks with you now. Now, through these two principles, he has now allowed this generation to see God and record God. And you can see that the white glorious dove, he came in bodily form as the huge white glorious dove. He is so huge, like from all the way from my chest, all the way to the head. He's a big dove, a huge dove. But because now, through these two principles of this hour, he has allowed this generation to see God and record God and capture live on camera video and put on Twitter, WhatsApp, everything. Then, this time around, whoever sees first, again like last time, shout and cry out that everybody may record and lie down and worship the Lord. But I'm saying that when God the Father decides to come down in the cloud of the Lord God, the cloud of glory, the cloud of God Yahweh, then the message and the intent, the purpose is to reveal to you, unveil to you the church, a little bit about God, about God, the characters of God, the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, the traits of God, the properties of God, the features of God, the qualities of God, the hallmarks of God. And one of them, as we have just seen, is that God is totally unique, and there is no comparison whatsoever anywhere. And no words can be used to define God, to crown the description of God, to coin him, or to place him in a form that's understandable. No words are available. That's what he's saying. He's saying, therefore, that when the cloud of God comes, he essentially displays himself to mankind in the cloud of glory to give you just a little glimpse of who God is. And he says in that way that because he's so unique, God Almighty in that way, when he comes to you in the cloud, is principally saying that God Almighty, the one you worship, is unlike anything else that could ever be envisaged, imagined by you, the Christians. He is totally unique and there is no other. Number two, when God the Father decides that now he wants to come and visit the children of Israel in the cloud of his presence, God the Father himself, 
Now he wants to come and visit the church of Christ in Kenya and the entire body of Christ globally, those that will come to partake of the meeting in Akul. Number two, he is also revealing to you another attribute, another characteristic, another trait and property and quality of God. In the wilderness, he guarded them. He protected the Israelites, provided for them, navigated them, liberated them from slavery, and brought them to the place of worship, to the ideal place of his presence, to the shrine of God, where now he will be visiting them perpetually and the temple established. So in so doing, the Lord was loving his people, loving his elect, loving Israel, loving his chosen people. And in the same way, when God says, I am coming in the cloud of my visitation, the cloud of my presence, the dreadful cloud of my presence, to Nakuru, Kenya, then essentially, number three is saying, that God is love, is revealing to you that look, I, the Lord God, I am love, that God is love and is loving to his people. He is revealing to you the characteristic of God, the quality of God, the, the hallmark of God, property of God, that is love, that says God is a loving God. He is revealing to you this, because he knows you saw Jesus go to the cross. That is love. John chapter 3, verse 16, he says, John 3, 16, He says in this scripture, John 3.16. Then he says, in King James, for God so loved the world, comma, that he gave his only begotten son, comma, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amplify said, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son, so that whoever believes in and trust in him, believe in him, and trust in him, and clings to him, and relies on him, shall not perish or come to destruction or be lost, but shall have eternal, everlasting life. So when God comes in the cloud of his glory, that Jesus promised when he was walking the earth here, when he was essentially 
revealing the love of God to us, then when that cloud comes to visit you, the church, God is essentially revealing this attribute, this characteristic, this quality of God, this aspect of God, this hallmark of God, his identity that says God is a loving God. We saw that God is a unique God. There is no other comparison. Now, number two, he is a loving God, even to the extent of loving you in Christ Jesus, and now loving you more to come to you himself, to prepare you for his kingdom by himself. Number three, when God decides to come to you, God the Father himself, deciding that he's going to come to you in the powerful, most dreadful, most revered cloud of his glory. Jehovah Yahweh himself, saying that I'm coming to visit you in the cloud of glory, and the prophet is spoken. And like I speak, he is coming to reveal to you just a little bit more about God, what is concealed of God, about his character, his characteristics, his qualities, his attributes, his aspects, that you may get to know them and get to live your life pleasing God and conform to God. So number three, when the cloud of God, the physical manifest presence of God, descends down to you, is essentially saying that God is very powerful. That God is very powerful. That is the third characteristic I want to share here that he brings to display when he comes with the tremendous, most powerful cloud of his glory. The cloud slashed and humbled Egypt. The cloud that fought the Egyptian army. The cloud that liberated the Israelites and put them on the eagle's wings and escaped with them into safety and brought them into Jerusalem. So when he comes to you in that cloud, he's essentially revealing one other attribute, number three for our case right. He is essentially saying, that one of the main characteristics of God that you need to know is that God is very powerful. In other words, he is only potent, only potent, only meaning all, potent meaning powerful. He is all powerful. So therefore, those who worship him can totally rely on him, knowing that he is so powerful, no power, no kingdom, no throne can subjugate him. He subdues all of them and humbles them. So those that worship him can therefore 
totally depend on him, totally rely on him, totally trust him with their lives. That is what he is delivering there. And when he's delivering that, we are reading the book of Psalm 24, beloved people. And we don't have much time for scripture. I'll do that with the bishops when they come. But Psalm 24, verse 8. Psalm 24, verse 8, he says, to be able to underscore this aspect of God that is revealing to you when he comes in the cloud of his dreadful presence. This aspect that says God is only potent. God is very powerful. You can now depend on him. Totally and entirely. Psalm 28, 24, verse 8, he says, Psalm 24, Psalm 24, verse 8, he says, Who is like this, who is this king of glory? We can start if you want from verse 1, beloved people. But verse 7, for example, says, Lift up your heads, all you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And he says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. But when I read with the senior church leadership on Wednesday during the luncheon, I'll read from verse 1. So what is he saying here? He's saying that when God is coming to you in the cloud of his presence, the cloud of his glory, the cloud of Yahweh, Jehovah, is essentially revealing to you his special effect. This important characteristic of God that says God is very powerful. God is omnipotent. And in Psalm 24, verse 8, he says, from verse 7 to 8, that lift up your heads, all you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. And then he talks, who is this king? Powerful and mighty, tremendous and powerful in battle. Revealing to you that the Lord you serve is not, he, he does not lack strength and power to help you. He is so powerful, and in that scripture we see, for example, when Christ goes to the cross. Look at the demonstration of the power of God deposited on the Christ. He's saying, by coming to you in the cloud of glory, that is revealing to you this aspect of God, this attribute of God that says, God is very powerful, is omnipotent. In other words, 
demonstrated by Christ Jesus died on the cross. Under the power of God. And Jesus resurrected from the dead. Under the power of God. And Jesus conquered death by the power of God. And Jesus came all the way up to Bethany. And then this scripture, the first part, was fulfilled. When he resurrected, ministered to his disciples, the church that you are, and came with them to the Mount of Olives. And when you arrive there, then you hear the first part of this prophecy in verse 7, before you go to the strong, very powerful God in verse 8, verse 7 now, the demonstration, now look at that. When he brought his disciples after resurrection to the Mount of Olives, lifted up his nail pierced head, then you ask the following, lift up your head, all you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors up in heaven, that the King of glory may come in. Then he was raptured and he went and entered heaven. Heaven opened and the cloud took him and the King of glory entered heaven with full power of the glory of God. So when God comes in the cloud of his dreadful presence to Nakuru, he's essentially revealing this very important aspect of God that is very powerful even as in being able to defeat death and resurrect man. And after that, when he comes in his glory today, it's simply demonstrating to you this characteristic, attribute, quality, property, trait, all mark of God. And out of that power, powerful God, Jesus now is having authority. We have just seen that he gave him that authority by the power of God. And he demanded entrance into heaven, and heaven opened. And he went and seated on the right hand. And the Bible says that now by that power, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, the angels in heaven are now destined to worship him. Worship the Lord God and worship the Messiah. And when he entered heaven, he's saying essentially that the angels are all seeing his ascension into glory, into heaven. They asked, when they saw Jesus arrive, they asked, Who is he? Who is this? Who is this King of glory? And they said, it was answered unto them that this 
the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the mute will speak, the young legs will be stretched with new columns and strengthened and put on the soil and strengthened and fortified to walk. Paralytics will get up and walk. Spinal cord injury is healed. Brain tumors dissolve. Cancers dry up in the blood. Leukemia, diabetes, hypertension, kidney failures, new kidneys restored. Psychosis, mental illness is restored. Chronic wounds and all necrosis dried up. Bone wounds open. People that have not seen any joy of salvation, you bring them joy. And many more healings too. But now you know that at the depth of it is a greater message on the revelation of God. Shalom Todah. The Messiah is coming. Run away from sin. This past night he showed me a lot of sexual sin globally in the churches. So turn away from sin, beloved people. And he showed me some people that ran to the rock. So they were up at the rock and sexual sin could not touch them. Turn away from sin. The Messiah is coming. Thank you, beloved people. The Messiah is coming. This is he about whom it is written in Scripture. But see, I'll send you the prophet Elijah to prepare you, to prepare the way before the dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Shalom, shalom. Toda Hagarim. Toda Hashem.